Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. <laughs> Kia ora and welcome to the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. I am your host, Jordan. I am mum to two beautiful little boys, Jai and Ali. I also host the Your Birth Project online hypnobirthing course and the Mini Kiwis First Aid course for parents of under five-year-olds. And I have an online store attached to Your Birth Project, which encompasses everything pregnancy, birth and postpartum related. So just absolutely love that side of the business. I'm also a very, very passionate storyteller and a lover of all things birth. So hence why I am leading you on this podcast. I'm not an advocate for any particular type of birth or model of birth care. I am simply here to hold space for this platform for you to share your beautiful stories with us all. You'll hear stories of joy, of heartbreak, of love, of loss, and each family has a different experience to share. I'm trying to bring to light stories that we often only tell in the darkest of places or to our closest of friends, but really are so important for everybody to hear. So I hope that you love the podcast of these beautiful families all over Aotearoa and I will let you jump into the podcast now. Enjoy. Today's episode of Kiwi Birth Tales is brought to you by Your Birth Project and if you've listened to the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast before you will know what Your Birth Project is but if you don't it is my online hypnobirthing or calm birthing course that can be used anywhere in the world to help you create your best birth. I am all about not making that decision for you. Whatever your best birth is, is the best birth for you. The course is all about giving you techniques and tools to create that best birth and make informed choices and feel empowered and confident. And oh, if you can't tell, I'm just so passionate <laughs> about um all things birth and yeah I think this course really encompasses that. Your Birth Project is also an online store and in the store I have all things pregnancy, birth and postpartum related and it's a one-stop shop you could go to for your birth bag or everything that you might need in pregnancy or everything that you might need as a mum postpartum. So I just yeah, am really, really, really proud of all of the products that I've got in the store supporting some incredible businesses and all products in there have been recommended by Kiwi Birth Tales mums or used by myself. So yeah, super proud of what's in the store. I'd love for you to check it out. You can head to at Your Birth Project on Instagram or www.yourbirthproject.com. Awesome. In this week's episode, I speak with Talia and Talia takes us through her pregnancy and birth story with her son Oakley. Talia and her wife Kelly went through the sperm donor process and fell pregnant with their son Oakley pretty quickly, which is really awesome. So she talks us through that whole journey and what that experience was like through her pregnancy, where they discovered what they thought were some complications at the 12-week scan. She talks us through how she felt about that and then, yeah, through the rest of her pregnancy and into her birth story. 
Then she talks about their journey as parents and also little Oakley had um, some complications post-birth which they actually didn't find until he was much older so she talks us through those as well. I really enjoyed speaking to Talia. I know that you're going to enjoy this episode so I will finally stop talking now and we can jump into it. Enjoy. Hey Talia, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Oh, no worries. Excited to be here. (laughs) Would you like to tell the listeners a little bit about you and who is in your family? Uh, Yep. So it's me, obviously, my wife, Kelly, and our little boy, Oakley. Yeah, awesome. And you guys live in the beautiful Papamoa? Yeah, I wouldn't live anywhere else now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, awesome. Cool. I'm sure you'd agree. Oh, yeah, definitely agree. (laughs) Um, Do you want to talk us through what the journey was like to pregnancy for you and Kelly? Um, yeah, so we obviously we're a um, same sex couple, so it's not just your um, standard trying for a baby. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we did simple IUI through Fertility Associates yeah. um, in Hamilton. And yeah, so that was, oh gosh, that was a few years ago now. So I've got to, <laughs> got to try it and remember everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they basically, so it's not, not like IVF. So it's, um, yeah, so we use a sperm donor and you basically just, they track your cycle for you and yeah, yeah you just go in when they say you go in and they do the thing. <laughs> yeah. And in terms of, um, the sperm donor, did you know him or was he someone that you'd met before or how did no. that process happen? Yeah, no, so that was, um, so he was actually a clinic donor, so we don't know him at all. Um, So we went on the donor waiting list probably, I want to say it was about 18 months um, prior to making it to the top of the list. Yeah. And they, um, they tell you, oh, they told us it was probably going to be about, could could have been up to three years Mm -hmm. wait for a donor. Um, and they called me probably cause I'm in real estate. So they called me when I had just finished my license and was just starting out and they were like, Hey, we're actually ready now. You oh can, my gosh. Um, you've actually made it to the top of this. I was like, Oh, great timing. Yeah. So there's like a bit of a, a bit of a process, obviously building into like choosing your donor and, um, yeah. So we went to, we were actually in Auckland one day. And we went to the clinic and they had probably about, there must have been about six profiles at that time. Like yeah. it just kind of, it's it's a bit kind of luck of the draw. Like there's, there could be three or there could be 10. It's mm-hmm. just, yeah, when you, when you make it to the top of the list, um, what's available at that time. Yeah. And so there were lot, there were a few different ones, and for whatever reason, we decided others weren't suitable. And yeah, the um, the one that we chose actually in the end had a lot of um, Kelly's characteristics because obviously I was going to be the one that yeah. was going to be carrying our child. So it was kind of nice to have um, have a few similar characteristics, yeah. like the the donor and the NT he, he had like blonde hair and blue eyes and mm-hmm. not that I ever dreamed that that would come through in my child I, I think <laughs> I think obviously I thought because I was so dark well I, obviously I'm moldy so I thought that it would just naturally take yeah. over anything like that <laughs> yeah um 
and yeah, so so it's funny because Oakley's obviously he's um, come out looking a lot <laughs> like this fair blue eyed yeah, child. Yeah. It's, it's quite funny actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. awesome. Um, cool. And how did you and Kelly decide, like, between the two of you, who was going to carry the baby? Yeah, I guess it was. It's just one of those things that just seemed right yeah. that I was going to do that, and you know, her her job. It's like. Yeah. yeah, I mean, people people do come back. Like she, she's obviously um, she plays rugby. Yeah. So people do come back after having children, mm. but um, it doesn't look that easy. So we just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we just thought that it was just way more practical, obviously, yeah. for me to be doing that. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Cool. And how did you find out that you're pregnant then? So once you've done the IUI sort of process, um, what was the sort of chance of falling pregnant? the first time and did you expect it to work um no that's actually a really funny story so (laughs) so so I got pregnant on the second attempt and um so the first one went really well and then um and that one obviously didn't work and then the second one it was yeah it was a little bit more complicated because you know things things can change and (laughs) um and yeah, I just never dreamed that, that that I would get pregnant on the second attempt because it was so much more of a complicated procedure in terms of actually making things work. So basically, your cervix can can be in whatever position it wants to be in, and yeah, yeah you can yeah, it can be a bit of a struggle for the nurses sometimes to to do that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so the second so uh, second one was not overly comfortable for me, and that was the one that actually worked. So it worked. So the the chances, I think they say it's between um, three and six attempts. So for okay. me to for me to nail it in the in the second time yeah. round, I just <laughs> I was like, oh, we're really winning here. So yeah, yeah no, it's really good. Yeah. yeah, awesome, cool. And how were you feeling in that first trimester? Did you have many pregnancy symptoms? Um. Not really. So no cravings or like, because yeah. obviously when you watch movies or whatever about um, people having babies and being pregnant, it's yeah. like, oh, having all these cravings. But I <laughs> yeah. never, I never craved anything. It was, it was really normal. Um, and the only thing that probably happened that wasn't that great was that how, how nauseous I felt like yeah yeah it was that was that was a lot because yeah I'm used to feeling feeling quite well and yeah that Mm. just that really that really kicked me to be honest it was it was tough from about um six weeks to about 14 I want to say and obviously you're in that time where it's early on and you can't really tell anyone so you're just kind of suffering in silence (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, but yeah, that's probably probably the only um, real pregnancy symptoms I had. Yeah, yeah. And did you go with a midwife for your care, or did you have an obstetrician? Yeah, no, midwife for sure. I yeah. had. Um, so my mum had a midwife, and she had obviously raved about how great her experience was yeah. um, with a midwife. And and yeah, there was to me there was just there was never any other way that we were going to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. awesome. And what was the rest of your pregnancy experience like? Did you do all of the sort of standard testing that's offered and did you find out the sex of your baby? 
Yeah, so we did find out that he was um, that he was a boy at our twenty week scan, but um, so I think we could have found out a bit earlier because I actually ended up having to have a um, what you call a CVS at mm-hmm. about sixteen weeks, I think it was, because at my twelve week scan, my yeah, so he had a high nuchal fold. I think that's what you call it. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Do, you, do you know much about that? Yeah, no. I know. I know roughly like what that yeah. means. Yeah, yeah. So um, basically, the day after my twelve week scan, so we'd made this announcement because everything looked fine on the screen from what we could see. Yeah, and then so you go and do your blood test after that, and then the next day I got this text from my midwife, and she was like, "Oh, are you at home?" I need to call you and I was like oh that's a bit weird Hmm. and she called me and she basically broke the news to me that um my test results for chromosomal abnormalities had come back really high um and yeah she um probably yeah it just kind of sounded like I was um I was unfortunately going to be having some kind of issues. Mm. Um, she explained to me that there were three or four different um, conditions that my baby was more than likely going to have, mm-hmm. and um, some of them didn't have a very good survival rate. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so he ended up having to go to Auckland and have that CVS procedure, which um, if anyone's ever had one of those, it's not very pleasant. Mm. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, so I had to have that little extra test. Yeah. Um, so she told me that I could have had that NIT test. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know if the the accuracy was going to be quite as on as the, yeah, um, yeah. as the CVS. So I opted for that because it was just that little bit more um, yeah. more accurate in terms of results. So, yeah. Yeah, so how were you feeling in that time? Like, obviously, not the news that you were expecting to hear in 12 weeks. Oh, no, pretty devastating. Yeah. Pretty stressful. We were kind of just in this um, limbo Mm. of being so, um, so, so happy. And then, yeah, just being really, really brought down, I guess. Mm. Um, Yeah, it was tough. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was a few days between, um, between results and yeah. and yeah, it was a long wait. Yeah. 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 So you went for the CVS scan and what sort of yeah. happened from there? Um, so that, so that, yeah, it's like a, like put a needle into your placenta and they take out some fluid and that came back and it said, um, they rang me probably three or four days after I had had that and they said, oh, no, no, it's fine. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, so I can stop being devastated mm. now and go go back to my happy place. And yeah, yeah, so. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and so I guess, yeah, huge um, relief for you from that perspective. So did you feel like you were able to sort of relax into your pregnancy a bit more after that? Uh, not really. No? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, the um, – the rest of the journey, probably up to at least the 20-week mark, was pretty 
um, pretty anxious for me. And yeah. as you know, as a first time um, first time mother or your first pregnancy, you just you you're not um, you're not totally relaxed as it is. So yeah. yeah, it made things a little bit more tricky for me. I'm a yeah. I'm a pretty pretty highly strung person <laughs> as it is. So I was like, oh god, yeah, yeah. how am I going to get through this? But <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was tough. But yeah, yeah. Awesome. And did you have mm. many thoughts on how you wanted your birth to go or much of a birth plan? Um, not really, because I think in my head from everything that I had heard was that it, it is so unpredictable. Yeah. And um, I just kind of thought, well, if I try and plan something in my head, I'm going to be so disappointed if it doesn't work out or go the way that I want mm. it to. So I just kind of thought what's going to happen is going to happen. And yeah, it's, I mean, I felt in control, but I was kind of willing to just go with what was going to happen either yeah. way. Yeah. Um, my midwife was amazing. So I just, kind of really felt like no matter what was going to happen she was just going to be like okay this is what's happening mm. and and call the shots and you know as a first time mum you don't you don't know what you don't know what you're doing you don't know what you're in <laughs> for so yeah. yeah it's really good to have someone like that just be like yep sweet it's this is happening so yeah yeah awesome. no it was good cool and were you doing anything in preparation for birth like antenatal expressing or raspberry leaf tea or anything else that they say can get you into labor <laughs> Oh no. Okay. So, <laughs> so my midwife had um recommended some um evening primrose. Yes, yeah. Have you heard of those? I so have I can, indeed. <laughs> you can take them orally and then you can take them another way as yeah. well. Um <laughs> so I was doing the oral one for a little bit and then she said, Okay, from a certain date you can yeah. do this as well. And so I tried that and that just didn't feel quite right for me. So I yeah. just I I gave up on that pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. But that, is, um... Yeah, that's probably all. <laughs> did did you do anything like yeah, that? Yeah, I did yeah. that too. I was um doing all the things to try yeah. and get my baby to <laughs> get out of me. But it is definitely a bit of an uncomfortable um scenario. Yeah. You just you um get to a place where you where you just do what you gotta do, eh? But yeah, yeah, some exactly. things it's just like, oh <laughs> nah. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. And so did your labour end up starting spontaneously? Do you wanna take us through um, Yes. Take us through that? Yep. So about so I would have been thirty nine weeks, five days, couple of couple of days early. And that was just ideal scenario for mm. me because I was not um, was not overly keen on going too much longer or, <laughs> yeah. um, or the thought of being induced, I think was a little bit scary for me. Yeah. Um, I've heard, heard some things and then recently I've heard some more positive things, mm. but, um, yeah, back then I, yeah, the things that I was hearing weren't overly positive. So I was just a little bit scared of doing that. So, um, so yeah, went into labor two days early, um, and I was probably, it was probably about 2am I started um, feeling not overly flash, like mm. my stomach. And I felt like I needed to go to the toilet. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, this is an unusual time to need to go to the toilet. <laughs> so, um, so I tried to, 
kind of not wake Kelly at that point. And then about five o'clock, I just thought, oh, no, nah, I've got to say something. Yeah. Text Shan, my midwife, and I said to her, I think something's happening. But I have been known um, to be a bit of a drama queen. <laughs> so I tried not to do too much or think too much into it. And she said, okay, well, I've got some appointments over there. Um, I'll come and see you at about 11 o'clock. And I thought, oh, yeah, that's cool. We'll go and she'll come around and check me and mm. um, and I'll be, I'll be, you know, maybe a centimetre or two, whatever. Um, she comes around at 11 o'clock and I think I was already three. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, she did a um, a stretch and sweep on me, which, oh, that gave me a fright. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know whether they're supposed to be um, painful, but, yeah, that was that was pretty pretty niggly. Yeah. Um, and then she said, right, you um, – you go for a walk now and I'll come back later and check on you again. And I said, okay, we went down to, down to the field cause Kelly had to do some, some running for her job. Um, and about halfway through a session, I said to her, we need to go now. <laughs> and she was like, Oh, I'll just, I'll just finish this block. And I was like, and I just looked at her and I said, no, we're finished. We need to go now. Yeah. And she was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> got the hint um and then we cruised back to the house and yeah I think Sean came back again and yeah we were we were good to go to the hospital by that point mm. yeah yeah awesome and so you went into the hospital and yeah what sort of happened from there do you want to take us through the rest of your labor and into oh, your birth story yeah we had a lovely car ride to the hospital <laughs> Um, in some school traffic, which yeah, made things great. nice and exciting. Yeah, it's yeah. funny, these things you learn along the way yes. that you're like, okay, let's do that differently next time if yeah. we can. Yeah. Like trying to sit in the front seat on my bum on mm. on the way there. Wouldn't recommend that for no. anybody who's pregnant. Yeah. Don't try and sit, um, sit on your butt in a car. Um, I would definitely recommend being on your hands and knees in the back, and back seat if you can. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we got to the hospital and I was checked again and we were, we were moving along quite quickly. And at that point, um, I think I decided the best thing for me was going to be to have an epidural. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so she offered that to me and I quickly said, yes, <laughs> that'll, that'll be really nice. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I had a, had a couple of, probably a couple of really gnarly contractions. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals. You can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, it's the hospital and the shower and I, I couldn't even, yeah, the thought of even trying to, to go through mm -hmm. much more by that point was, um, yeah, just thought, oh, 
why why am I why am I trying to put myself through this if I don't have to yeah yeah so um from there we had an epidural and from that point I basically just sat and waited until I was fully dilated which was lovely (laughs) yeah a bit more relaxing (laughs) oh so nice um Kelly ordered McDonald's Uber Eats (laughs) and we sat and chatted and waited and um she came back in to check how dilated I was again and we were all taking guesses on how far along (laughs) I'd be and I think I had guessed six and this is probably, oh, it must have been about six or seven o'clock by then. Yeah. And yeah, and she was like, oh, you're actually, um, you're actually 10 centimetres now. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, okay. And she said <laughs> to me, oh, so you can start pushing now. And I was like, no, 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 <laughs> I can't. And she was like, what do you mean? And I, cause I, I don't know. I don't know whether I just, I wasn't mentally prepared for her to say that I was Mm. ready yet. And so I just, yeah, I hadn't really had a chance because it all felt like it was just very relaxed and very chill. Mm. So I just kind of, yeah, she caught me off guard a little bit. (laughs) And I, um, and I said, yeah, I obviously said to her, no, I can't, I'm, I'm not ready. And she was like, Oh yeah, well we can wait a little bit. He's fine, you're fine, everyone's fine. You can just just wait until you're ready, like. Mm. And I was like, Oh, so it doesn't matter if I just hang out for a bit and she was like, No, no, but um but yeah, you can get it over with if you want to <laughs> And I was like, Okay, I will try and <laughs> so yeah, so I yeah, I just started trying to push and um and yeah, it was yeah, it was um, a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. That part, to be honest, like yeah. even though even though I had no pain, it was it was like I felt like I needed to be doing like more cardio at the end of my pregnancy yes, or something because wow, <laughs> yeah. And because obviously they say to you, oh, you know, like try not to try not to make any noise, like because it exerts too much energy, and um, yeah, try and try and use that to to push rather than making a whole lot of mm. pointless noise. So yeah, we started pushing and about 45 minutes later um there he was and <laughs> yeah, it was I don't know, aside from being a bit out of breath, it was it was very very chill and yeah, and Sean just brought him out and handed him to me and <laughs> Kelly's story about this would be not so pleasant. My yeah. memories, my memories, pretty. I think I've blocked out all yes. the all the gnarly stuff, but she'll tell you that I had like his black poop all over uh, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, so that wasn't so nice. But yeah, so but obviously you're just in that zone where you just you don't care about any of that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah, you're totally. just like, oh my gosh, I've finally got my baby. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, it's so yeah. nice. And he was there. Yeah, amazing. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. And how long did he stay on your chest for? And did you need any stitches or anything like that when um, when he was born? No, I was so lucky. I didn't need any stitches. Oh, actually, I think there might have been one tiny, um, tiny one, like more like internally, like yeah. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So um, just one little one. And, yeah, I think he was just – he was so small, like, because he was only 6 pounds, 12 ounces. I don't know what that converts to in kilos. I think yeah. that's how, we're, how everyone's saying it now. Um, but, yeah, he was just – he was so little. So, yeah, praise him for that. <laughs> <laughs> did you um, have many growth scans? Like, did you expect him to be around that size? No. So early on – um, they had told me that I was going to have a huge baby. Yeah. They were like, he's in the 90th percentile. We're going to really, so I had extra scans, mm. um, which was so nice because people had told me that you, you know, you get one at, yes. what is it? 20 and then maybe one more if you're lucky. Mm. And yeah, so I had all these extra scans because <laughs> I was going to be this small person having this huge baby and he was tiny. Yeah. So I don't know how accurate some of these scans and tests yeah, can be sometimes yeah, yeah. because I, I feel like I got a, a, a lot of information in the end that was not accurate. Yeah, yeah. interesting, eh? Yeah, interesting. so interesting. Yeah. Yeah, cool. And how long did you end up spending in the hospital? Um, so I was, I was out of there as soon <laughs> as I could. The next day, um, yeah, so they – so obviously once you're up and walking around and um, obviously because I had a epidural, I had a catheter and that. Yeah. So, um, so once that was out and I would, had gone to the toilet by myself, um, they said I was good to go home and I was more than happy to take them up on that because <laughs> I don't know if you've ever been in a hospital already or not, but wow, I did not want to stay any longer than I had to. We had um, – <laughs> We had another woman in our room. Unfortunately, her baby wasn't um, wasn't feeding so well, mm. um, which can happen. And she was up a lot of the night, mm. and it was yeah, it was really hard for everyone. And because Kelly stayed with me that night, and she just the next day she was like, "I think we can actually do this ourselves." Like, yeah, yeah. I back us to to go <laughs> home now and and be sweet and yeah so we had heaps of support my mum and my sister was actually home from France at the time and yeah she had not long had her baby so Kingsley my nephew was probably he's seven months older than than Oakley so yeah so it was so nice to have her um around I remember the first time I was bathing him that next day um she well I say I was bathing him she was doing everything (laughs) yeah um yeah because oh no he was just so fragile and so small I just was like oh this is I just don't I'm not in my not in my comfort zone with this at all it was (laughs) um it was a real shock how how little they are and um and when I say fragile I mean like you think they're fragile yes They're, they're obviously way more more hearty than um, <laughs> yeah. than you would think at that yeah. point, but but yeah, no. So she was she was amazing. Yeah, and they were cooking for us yeah, and nice. all that kind of stuff. So so good to have such an awesome support crew yeah. around. Mm. Yeah, cool, awesome. And how did you feel like mentally when you got home and you sort of settle into having a newborn baby and you know you're not getting a whole heap of sleep? So yeah, how did you find those first couple of weeks? Uh, incredibly hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll yeah. be, I'll be really honest. It was, it was very hard. Um, yeah. I, 
yeah, you just, you're not, you're not sleeping. And it's just, I guess it's such a shock to your system. Mm-hmm. Um, and I totally was just like, oh my God, I've been kidding myself this whole time thinking that because I was getting up to go to the toilet so often when <laughs> I was pregnant, that I was going to be fine mm-hmm. when it came to not sleeping at night with my newborn. It, was, yeah. it wasn't going to worry me. Oh my gosh. I was a mess. My yeah. Poor, my poor mother probably got a couple of calls in those um, in those early nights, and yeah, and she ended up coming around and staying with him. Yeah, yeah. While I could, so I could um, get some sleep. Yeah. So yeah, no, it was it was pretty pretty rough. Yeah, and yeah. So lucky, obviously, that I had Kelly as well, um, and her work was so so good about her taking time off to be with me so and. Nice. Yeah, it was awesome. Mm. But yeah, yeah, really hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And what about your breastfeeding journey? How did you go with that? Oh, so good. It was like, yeah, I I really didn't expect to be um to be that fortunate to because yeah. you know, you you hear how it can be um quite hard work yeah. and um no, it was it was actually really smooth sailing in terms of breastfeeding. I um I, early days, I thought I had mastitis because um, I just had gone from, I mean, you know me, Jordan, I'm <laughs> not very big at mm. all, and um, I'd gone from having not much to having a lot in the front, yeah, yeah. and yeah, I just assumed because it was, that it was so huge and, well, I guess, like, gore, like, painful and yes. just like, Big and gorged, and, yeah. yeah, and gorged. That's what I'm trying to say. And um, yeah, so that was um, so that was new for me that part. Mm. And yeah, I had my supply was really good, and yeah, I I just assumed that that's what mastitis felt like yeah. because because they were so big. Yes, yeah, and <laughs> so, so I had to had to try and um relieve that with my with my harker pump uh, without yeah. trying without stimulating it with the because um, my midwife had said that if you do an electric one it can um it can stimulate more yes, and I was yeah. like oh god I don't need that <laughs> um so yeah nah, he was he was awesome he latched straight away um yeah so lucky mm. yeah awesome Cool. And what about when he got a little bit older? Like I know, um, I obviously know because I know you, but yeah, um, you had some problems with his hips. So do you yeah. want to talk us through, um, yeah, finding that out and, and what yeah. happened there? Yeah. So, oh, I was just thought, it, thought everything was so smooth sailing mm. for me during that. Like I had such a positive birth and everything. And then, um, so after a little while, he obviously started crawling and I could see one of his, one, his right leg was tucking in quite a lot when Mm. he was crawling. And then, um, so I had said to, uh, my punk at this, I said to her, oh, there's something not quite right here. And, you know, I had to see to different GPs as well. And they're, oh no, babies, um, babies all, all crawl differently, which, mm. which they do and can. And so I just, 
you know, I just believed that and moved on. And then it became a lot more obvious when he started trying to learn to walk that there was, yeah, that there was definitely something, something else going on. Mm. And I went to my Plunkett nurse one day and I said, can you please just like have like a really good look at him because, um, yeah, I just really feel like something's not right. Mm. And you know, you know, right. Yeah, you're, you you're do. Mom, you, yeah. you know, when something's not quite right. Um, and so he, yeah. Cause I said to her, Oh, he's got, I feel like he's got one legs longer than the other. Mm. And she said, Oh yeah, I think you might be right. I'll refer you to your GP and then hopefully they can um, refer you to the surgeons to see, to the specialists to see, um, see what's going on here. Oh, yeah. And yeah, basically long story short, he ended up being diagnosed with, um, so I, I think it's, it's not, it's like hip dysplasia, but it's, like the hip was actually fully dislocated, his right hip. So that meant that the hip itself wasn't growing or anything. Mm. Yeah, so it was um, it was a real issue. And he said, yeah, so we went for some x-rays and our surgeon said he definitely, um, he needs to have some surgery to, to correct this, to to pop it, pop the hip back in so that it can grow properly. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Massive. Like, did you, Yeah. Did, was he an unsettled baby or would it not have been no. like, painful? Like it's, it no. seems crazy to yeah. think, right? Yeah. So people, yeah. People quite often assume, oh, they think, oh God, poor, poor boy. He must've been in so much pain mm. that whole time. But I think because like, if you just look at your hip, like in an injury situation yes that is um that is obviously quite painful but because it was never actually in the socket and Mm. so medical people probably come at me that I'm I'm explaining (laughs) this all wrong and and yeah I just I don't know this might just be how I've um how I understand it but yeah Yeah, because it was never in the socket to start with yeah, not painful for him not not yeah not an unsettled baby he was he was really awesome sleeper and yeah. all that stuff sort of um, from about the eight week mark, he was sleeping through the night. So it was, it was really, really bizarre for me, I guess yeah, as well amazing. to, to understand that he, he wasn't actually in any pain. Yeah. 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 And so the surgery went well and what sort of yep. happened from there? Yep. So, um, so surgery went well, they managed to manipulate the, um, the hip into well what was supposed to be the socket yeah and so they had to put him in what they call a spiker cast for I think it was 13 weeks in the end so it was yeah about about three months ish and um and yeah so that was pretty tough for for me and cows and our um our family unit but he he just was such a trooper honestly Mm. he just like after a couple of days, he just, it's like he just knew that that's how things were going to be for a little bit. And, yeah. and he just got on with everything. Yeah. Good boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he is. He really is. Yeah. Yeah. And how's he doing now? Oh, he's really good. So he's tracking, tracking well. So they'll, um, they'll keep an eye on, on his hips for, I think it's until he's about 16 years old. I think they'll, yeah. they'll keep, keep on him. But, um, 
So we're tracking really well and all his x-rays are showing that he's, everything's doing what it should be. The, the bone, the socket is actually growing now. Oh, and nice. it's, yeah, it's, it's looking really good on the x-rays. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. And what about you and Kelly? How have you found, um, cool. And how have you found, um, the shift in your relationship in terms of having a baby around. And I know that Kelly was away for work for a bit when Oakley was little. So yeah. How have you found the big change in becoming mums? Um, so yeah, so he was obviously born in the February and so they were supposed to go to the Olympic games, um, in July of 2020, which ended up not happening, obviously, due to COVID. Yeah, so um, so she wouldn't have – so she was supposed to go away, but because we went into lockdown, she didn't. Oh, okay. So I've just basically sailed through this early <laughs> year with her, basically having her Being home. the whole time. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. That was really yeah. nice for you guys. Yeah. So yeah, so that's that didn't end up being such a such a tough time because um I had actually planned now that I look back I just feel like, Oh my gosh, you idiot, <laughs> what were you even thinking? I had planned to take him with me at five months old to Tokyo oh, with the rest of the world. I had planned that too, so don't feel bad. Are we crazy? When I like this is, I think it was when you, when it's your first baby, you're like, oh, I'll just it'll book, be fine. I'll book those flights to Tokyo and we'll go over to the Olympics and like yeah. everything will be fine. And yeah. then in hindsight, you're like, thank fuck, <laughs> we <Yeah>. didn't <laughs> do that. Oh. oh madness yeah anyway yeah. my mum my mum so laughs about it now she's like looking back now Talia do you think that that would have been a good idea I'm like no no and she oh, tried to so tell funny. me at the time she was like yeah. don't do that and I was like whatever lady yeah <laughs> what do you know you've only had a couple of kids yeah yeah you don't know anything so funny and what about um just as we sort of wrap up your story if you and Kelly decide that you want to have another baby would you use the same sperm donor how does that work Oh yeah, definitely. We, yeah. So you pay uh, um you pay a small fee, and you basically get call shotgun on <laughs> on on some of the stuff that's left. Yeah. Um. And so yeah, so we've been been keeping him on ice for a, oh amazing. Yeah, yeah for for the last couple of years, so we'll be able to to use the same same donor again. Oh, awesome. Yeah, which yeah. is awesome because yeah. yeah, I don't know, kind of nice to. Keep yeah. everything the same and have a yeah, full yeah. sibling. That'll be nice for Oaks. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Talia, for coming on the podcast and sharing your story with us. I've really loved talking to you, and I know that there'll be lots of people out there who enjoy your story. So thank you. Oh, no worries. Happy to share. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Kiwi Birth Tales. I hope you have really enjoyed it. I enjoyed recording it. And just a reminder that this episode is sponsored by Your Birth Project. So if you want to go and check out all things birth, head to at Your Birth Project on Instagram or www.yourbirthproject.com. Talk to you next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.